While rereading the story of Jonah, I realized that I, too, had bought my share of tickets to run far away from God, and I was tired of paying the fare. Dusty Price wrote these words on our application for ministry credentials with Doorways. Those clearly written words are impactful, but the backstory makes them mean even more. What you may not know is that this epiphany about her life came to her while incarcerated in a federal prison. I think you'd be glad you joined us for this podcast as we talk about leadership through brokenness. This is the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network podcast, where we talk about leadership and influence and their role in advancing the kingdom of God. I'm Rachel Middleton, and we're so thankful that you're with us today. Thanks for making this time investment with us. Are you ready? Let's get started. Welcome to our podcast. I'm so glad you're here with Dusty Price, a formerly incarcerated woman who is serving Jesus with her whole heart alongside her husband, Jack. Also happy to have Mike Atkinson with us today. Mike and I serve together to direct the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network. And before we get into our conversation with Dusty, just a reminder that your feedback is important to us. If you have a suggestion for a guest or topic, please let us know. You can drop us an email at info at doorways.cc, and we'll see how to incorporate that into our podcast schedule. Again, that email address is info at doorways.cc. We really would appreciate both your feedback and your input. Dusty. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. Well, thank you, Rick. Thanks, Mike. I'm so happy to be here with you fellas today. Dusty, we're happy that your ministerial credentials are with the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network. I remember the day we first spoke about your application for credentials, and you said, I just need you to know, I've served time in a federal prison. Is that going to be a problem? And my response to you was, the last guy we uh, credentialed has two felony convictions, so I don't think that's going to be a problem. What did you think when I said that to you? I was really thankful, Rick, to be welcomed, to feel accepted, to know that Doorways Leadership Network could really be an open door for me to give me the opportunity to fully stand inside my truth and tell my story and not have it be a story of shame, but a story of victory. When you have a story like mine, I can honestly say that I I broke my own heart I broke the people that that loved me. I know that I broke their heart. And in going to prison, I had the opportunity for Jesus to not only heal my heart, but bring restoration and heal the hearts of those I love. Well, I want you to know, and I want our listeners to know that it wasn't because of a broken past that was of so much interest to us. It really was exactly the opposite. We'd come to know of the transformation that happened after you committed your life to Jesus. All of us, Dusty, Mike, you and me both, we have a past, and some of us have issues with ramifications that others haven't experienced. So while we were happy for the opportunity to validate the call of ministry on your life, the thing that brought us such great joy was to see how the Lord has turned your life around and is using you to touch others. So Dusty, can you briefly tell us how ministry is currently being expressed in your life? I would be happy to. You know, Mike, there's a funny thing about prison. Um, and Rick, I, I, I'll i share that with you too. The entire time you're in prison, you're counting the days until you can get out. Like you have a calendar and you're counting and you're counting and you're counting. And now that I'm out of prison, I'm counting the days in between I can go back. Isn't that, it's just funny how God brings that restoration into our life. Now, wait a minute. Uh, you said counting, take and go back. 
I want to make sure we understand what that means. <laughs> okay. So that's that was kind of my segue in, into the into the next answer of your question is really I I am part of the Prison Fellowship Network. I have been with them since about 2017. And so as part of that, I go into Mabel Bassett Correctional Center in McLeod, Oklahoma. It's the Oklahoma Women's Maximum facility. And I facilitate classes. I've taught faith and finances. I've done Alpha, Stephen Covey's class, the seven seven habits of effective leadership. So there was just, just a lot there. So I have the opportunity now to bring into prison what was brought into me. I have the opportunity to bring Jesus to the ladies that are that are lost, that are the least, that are forgotten. You know, when people go to prison, they're really a forgotten population. Prison is expensive. It's not only expensive on the incarcerated, but it's expensive on the incarcerated's family. And so... Mm. If you live far away from, let's say that you, you're from Guyman, but you're incarcerated in Mabel Bassett, that's a long road trip. And you have to pay for a hotel and you, you have to pay for your food. And, you know, if you're, if you're visiting your person, then you, you bring money so they can have snacks during your visit. So if you add all that up, you're looking at five or $600. Mm-hmm. It can be a pretty expensive trip. So my joy comes from being consistent that's such a big thing in prison ministry. So I'm I'm there every Monday. They know that they can count on me. And if they don't get to see their family, then I get to become their family because I'm loving them like Jesus loved us, like he loves us now. Yeah. Well, Dusty, your credential application, and I got to be honest with you, is one of the most impressive applications we've received. And one of the the, the most impressive statements on that was, my life is different than my background check. And so Paul wrote in Corinthians that if anyone is in Christ, then they are a new creation. The old has passed away. But for many of us, we have this tendency to let our past dictate who we are. And on the worst case and on the best case, it hinders yes. us. But So how are you able then to move forward and become who you are today? How are you able to let to put the past behind you? I think that's a great question, Mike. I think that if you looked at my background check, you would see a lot of felonious activity. But the things that you wouldn't see was broken. You wouldn't see lost. You wouldn't see hopelessness, full of shame, full of remorse, full of this. Oh, my gosh, I'm just I'm not worthy. And you know what? Really, apart from Jesus, we're not worthy. We, we really aren't. And, and he pays that price for us. And today, my life is full of hope. Mm. It's full of love. It's full of, of restoration. Really, I'm just a formerly incarcerated woman that wants to make heaven crowded. Like, that's my big goal. Like, if, if I see you, I want to know if you know Jesus. I want to find out about where you are and, and where you're going. And so my life today is really just a, an, an open book of, hey, this is where I've been. But change is possible. And if you really, what's the word? If you it's sustainable. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you if you really dig in deep with your shovel with Jesus and you and you plant that faith, he's gonna water it, he's gonna nourish it, he's gonna gonna help you to grow. And so that's the difference is that my life before was it was bleak and it was dark. And now that I have Jesus, 
not only does he shine through me, but I get to do his work and I get to be his hands and feet. And that's the difference. And I'm more concerned with others than I was ever concerned for myself because when we're lost in sin, we are so selfish. And it doesn't matter whom we hurt. It doesn't matter what we're doing because we're lost. And I'm like the song. I was once lost, but now I'm found. Dusty, I know your parents, Mike and Sharon Morton, your mother passed away a little over a year ago. But I know your parents raised you to know and to serve Jesus. But along the way, something changed that took you down a different path. Looking back, what were the influences on your life that took you a different direction? You know, that's a question that I've asked myself many, many times, Rick. It's my personal belief that a person goes to prison before they, and I say goes in air quotes, but I believe a person goes to prison before they're ever sentenced, before they're ever arrested, before they're ever convicted. In my case, I had unresolved and unwanted trauma from when I was a, from when I was a small child. It led to escapism. It was easier to escape than it was to deal with the things that had happened to me that I that I didn't understand. That obviously no child should have to have to go through. And so for me, my escape was gambling. My escape was if I'm putting money in this slot machine, that I don't have to think about what's going on inside my head because. You know, when you do something wrong, whether it's a big wrong or a little wrong, the noise inside your head is really loud. For me, the noise inside my head was loud all the time. Like it just was, it was, it was an inescapable noise that I used escapism to drown it out because I didn't want to deal with it. And I, and I didn't know what I would find if I dealt with it. You know, that's, that's such a big deal. And so my unresolved trauma led to so many unresolved things in my life. And and here's the thing, like we can ignore things, but ignoring things becomes deceitful. And before you even know it, not only are you deceitful to others, but you're also primarily deceitful to yourself. And that was that was where my path really went the wrong way because I had lied to others for so long and lied to myself for so long it never occurred to me when I was looting money to gamble that I would go to prison. Like I just figured it was going to be okay because I was just, you know, doing, doing the very best I could with what I had. And sadly, it wasn't any good at all. Imagine being told that everything you'd worked so hard for would be taken away from your heirs following your death. Further yet, your family would be kidnapped and forcibly removed from their homes. Your sons would be emasculated. There would be nothing left, nothing at all. It actually happened to King Hezekiah. The story is recorded in Isaiah chapter 39. While considered a righteous king, he also came to be filled with pride for his many accomplishments. His treasuries were filled with precious metals and gems that he enjoyed showing to total strangers. Though written before his time, the saying, pride comes before a fall, could easily have been written of King Hezekiah. When Isaiah the prophet confronted the king and proclaimed what the future of his kingdom and family would look like, the king replied, The word of the Lord you have spoken is good. Well, in his heart he thought, There will be peace and security in my lifetime. Or using more modern lingo, he thought, As long as things work out for me in my lifetime, it's all good. When you begin a work that contains the potential for legacy, it's incumbent upon you to help secure its future. Walking away from your work or ministry without a healthy transition to another capable leader may be a recipe for disaster. 
Dusty, God's placed you in a role of being a leader to women who are incarcerated or previously incarcerated. So how did that come about? So I have a really good friend. Her name is Tammy. And she and I met when she was the director of Branch 15 in Oklahoma City. Wonderful lady. She was the director there. Brought in, And if you're not familiar with Branch 15, it's basically a halfway house for girls that are getting out of prison to bring restoration into their life. They have vans. They help them get jobs, like all the things that you need when you're starting your life as a returning citizen. And she and I um, struck up a friendship. She's also a formerly incarcerated woman. And she, I asked her, she doesn't mind that I share that with you. And she took employment with Prison Fellowship to lead the academy at Mabel Bassett. And so the academy, Mike, it's a year-long program for anyone that's that you have to apply, you have to have letters of recommendation. But as an incarcerated woman, you can apply for this program and it's life-changing. And so that's kind of how I got involved. She said, hey, can you volunteer? Hey, can you volunteer? And I was like, let me pray about it. And finally, one day I was just like, yeah, this is this is a yes for me. Let me give back what was given to me. So I think you may have already answered the question that I had to ask you next. If somebody wanted to become involved in prison ministries, what are some of the things they can do to get started? This is one of them, but are there other things that people can do to help with prison ministry? Are you ready for this, guys? I'm ready. There are currently 1,011 opportunities on the Department of Corrections websites to, hmm. website to serve. 1,011 places where you could go in and serve incarcerated people. Are we talking about in Oklahoma or federal or? So, oh, that's sorry. Good for the clarification. So if you go to the Oklahoma Department of Corrections, you can, if you're looking at their page, there's a volunteer, there's a volunteer page. So if you click that link, it'll say volunteer opportunities. And that will take you, Rick, to a, a place where you can see all the, all the places where you can serve. The, it'll also tell you the programs that they have. You know, if you live close to a correctional facility, call the chaplain. That's that's a big thing. Like if you live close to, if you're like in the Muskogee area, so you're close to Just Dunn or Eddie Warrior. If you're in the McAllister area, obviously Big Mac, they have a, they, they have, they, all prisons have a huge need for volunteers. There are lots and lots of opportunities. You'll need to get approved. But if you reach out to the chaplain, like if like my husband, Jack, who we spoke of earlier, he's a veteran. And so he is with with some of his other veteran buddies. They are going to start a program in our local prisons for veterans to bring Jesus to them, um, which is such a wonderful thing. So there's lots of, of places that you can look into Department of Corrections in Oklahoma and see. Prison Fellowship is also it's like prisonfellowship.org. There are opportunities there and they will connect you. Like if you're whatever state you're in, if we have a chapter there, they can help you get connected as well. So you said how many opportunities? 1,100 and? 1,011. 1,011. So those are not just opportunities, but they need 1,011 people to fill those opportunities. Yes. We don't lack for opportunity. We lack for people. That's it. That's it. There's, you know, there's everything from Celebrate Recovery to, you know, there's there's programs there where you can you can help soon to be returning citizens learn how to read literacy. And it and and here's the thing. I think a lot of times people think as Christians, well, I have to go and talk to people about Jesus. Well, and yes, you do. 
But there's other opportunities that if you went in for literacy, maybe one day a week, two days a week, whatever your schedule allows, your consistency is going to lend you credibility and build that equity. And then you you can talk about Jesus because you've shown up, you know, every 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 day for six months, whatever your commitment is. And and that's the key. If you want to get involved in prison ministry, I would say don't, it's not something that you take lightly. It's something that you need to, obviously you need to pray about it, but you really need to commit because they have had, and speaking from someone that's had that experience, we've had so many people abandon us, not show up for us. That if you, as a volunteer, say, you know, hey, Dusty, I'm, I'm going to be here for you. I will, I will see you next Thursday, and you know, we're we're going to work on on phonics or whatever it is that that you're working on, or like the class that I lead. Those girls know that if I say I'm going to be there the next Monday, I'm going to be there. Now, Dusty, you're a formerly incarcerated woman. You have a felony conviction. But you're able to volunteer to work in a prison. Absolutely. Um, my background check with them took a little bit longer than everyone else's, probably than you or Mike's would. <laughs> um, so I don't know about Mike's, well, but we don't, mine. we don't know that. We don't know that for sure. So. <laughs> well, I'm 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 going to surmise, Mike, that that you you would be a good candidate. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation with Dusty Price. She's a formerly incarcerated woman who has a passion to reach others with a life-changing story of freedom found in following Jesus. In next week's podcast, we're going to talk with Dusty and Mike Atkinson about the impact of cool shoes and cancer. I hope you'll join us. Until next time, this is Rick Shields, and on behalf of the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network, here's my prayer for you. May you have rest when you need it, strength when you want it, and joy when you least expect it. Until next time, may the Lord bless you as you follow after Him. Thanks for listening.